and we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 268, aka Year 6, Week 18. Coming at you this week, as always, I'm your host, Mr. Rich E. Rich, along with MC Ken Schoolin. And since this is your weekly call-in show that no one knows the numbers for, I guess, uh, here they are again, 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. That's 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. So what is going on with you guys this week? Uh, There was a, a, a debate between libertarians. Imagine that, libertarians debating. Oh, my. How how did that? Go? I I heard about it. I'm aware of it. Um, I didn't watch it because I don't I don't care that much. I think I was in the room while it was on, but I, I wasn't present. <laughs> you were falling asleep. Yes, yeah, so, so, something I I put into my lungs caused me to uh, not care about that. <laughs> so, see, yeah. and I don't need that. I don't need that type of like input to still not care. Like, it just, <laughs> just does not well, matter. Well, true, true. Like I get, I I I have you know friends here that are definitely political, um, and some of them are at least uh, politically self-aware, right? So they'll they'll post stuff on social media like you know uh, libertarians debating over who's gonna uh, come in third place in the next election cycle, right? <laughs> like, like what are the what are the chances? Well, it it is kind of important um, to to have an alternative and and one that you. Um, maybe somebody that the left and the right can vote for and not feel like they're, uh, I don't know, throwing, throwing the whole system away. Um, okay. For, for, for that type of person. But there's, there's also another reason and that is to hear uh, a voice of reason. It's an alternative to, uh, what they've been hearing from the left and the right for, for all, you know, since the country's come around. So. Okay. And, yeah. Just and- consider how effective and important it was for ron paul to be on the uh platform for you know for all the education that he did of a lot of people especially young people around the country who hadn't really put it together yet but they had something to rally around uh, to to bring them together with other like-minded people to become energized uh, it was an extremely important thing to have Ron Paul on the platform. Well, most so, recently, he he also chose not to run as a libertarian because he wanted the platform. So, like, you know, he was it eighty eight that he ran as a libertarian. Yeah, and that's pretty much the only way to win, too. At at this point, I think, um, you know, maybe we get to ten percent of the vote eventually, but uh, that still isn't a win, you know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But but Ken, you you had your favorite, right? You had your the the your own personal champion of liberty on the debate stage. You mean now? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bumper Hornberg. Or he came to Hawaii and uh, gave some talks, and I was very impressed at, with his uh, principled position on on issues. Uh, he is a lawyer who founded the Future of Freedom Foundation many years ago. Uh, hosting a lot of very, very brilliant articles and essays, including a couple of my own. Uh, nice. And I've heard him speak uh, more recently at Freedom Fest in uh, about immigration with um, um, uh, Jeffrey Tucker and, uh, oh, let's see, who was the other one? Um, Rich, oh, I, I forgot the other guy, uh, too, just offhand. But in any case, uh, he takes very principled stances. I think he's articulate. 
Um, and I think he's quite a respectable image uh, for people to rally around him and, uh, you know, and, and vote for him. But more important than voting for him, I think he, he just represents the philosophy as I'd like it represented. Now, I'm, I'm generally a big fan. Right, I I read his work from the Future Freedom Foundations. Right, that's one of the uh, go-to sources of media that I look to when you know finding articles for this show. Uh, a lot of times, I will admit, a lot of times uh, the articles are too long and too academic uh, to to read on air, just because I, I really don't know the audience if you guys can handle that for that long. Um, so, but I read them. Right, I read them and I go, nope, not going to be good for the show. Like the too long, too academic. It, I don't think I'm going to hold the attention. Summarize it. Give it the executive summary. <laughs> right, and I could definitely do that. Uh, but to be honest, a lot of times I read those articles to kill time. Uh, but it's there's there's a balance there, right? It's like kill kill time so we can get to the commentary, um, but also not lose people in in the academia. Now the reason I bring that up is because again, I have friends here who are way more political than I am. Um, and, and when I make those comments, where they go, no, not a good candidate at all. Uh, and I want to read you one of the social media posts from, uh, I think he's, he's a party member. Uh, so I, I'm not going to drop his name. I'm just going to read the post. But, I, you know, he's like a chairperson, party member, something. He's on some committee or whatever for the, the national LNC. So he's, he participates in all this nonsense. Um, and when it comes to... Uh, Jacob Hornberger, uh, Bumper Hornberger, I guess is the nickname that you know him by, Ken. Yeah. Um, here's the quote uh, from his social media post. When asked, this is about Hornberger, when asked how his society, with complete and immediate abolition of welfare with no safety net, would help those elderly and disabled who are without family or whose children refuse to take care of them, or if they would simply be left to die, Jacob Hornberger responded with, and this is a quote from Hornberger, uh, that is a perfectly ideal outcome of liberty, end quote. Okay, first of all, I'd have to say, well, I'd need to know the full and accurate context. I mean, it's true that people quote each other all the time, and in, <coughs> so I don't know for a fact, and I suppose you don't either know for a fact, that that was an accurate quote that included the full context of the situation. But it was, it was a discussion, a chat that, where people were trying to express a point. So I understand the point that's being made. I'd um, uh, question whether or not it was the full story. But let's take a look at well, that. Well, we, we can take it as the full story presented. because it was a question. It was, you know, again, this is, I don't know at, at what LNC meeting or debate or however this question got brought up, right? Like, I don't, I don't know the context behind that. Um, but if, you know, if you, if you take it, if you take the situation as it's presented, uh, you know, from, from, you know, my, my friend's recounting of it, it could easily be a debate question, right? Uh, and, and, you know, yes, so yes. when asked, uh -huh. how, how, how would your society, you know, handle this situation, Right. And then the, the, the response is, that's the perfectly, that is a perfectly ideal outcome of liberty. Now, I will say that, yes, it could be, right? On principle, looks fantastic. No argument there. Go ahead, Ken. Well, I think the rest of his sentence, presumably, that uh, Bumper would have been 
saying more than just that sentence. Now, you, anything can be taken out of context, and you can just cut it off right there. I, my guess is that he would have added um, much, much more to that statement. For example, the person who thinks that that other person shouldn't die for lack of help would take it upon themselves to do so. Um, and here you consider maybe a situation of a person who's dying in the street. The, the, the scenario that they constructed is of a person who has no friends, no family, no uh, affiliations with churches or philanthropic organizations, no um, uh, brotherhood societies like the, 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 the Elks Club, or I mean, which existed a lot more in abundance before the government got involved with uh, these things. He has no connections whatsoever, no savings, no uh, skills, no employment, no capability whatsoever. Um, well, first of all, that's a, that's a pretty dire circumstance for somebody to get into. How do they do all that, spend a whole life without getting any uh, safety net on their own initiative? And then I'm pretty rely... good at pushing people away, so I don't, I don't anticipate my end being significantly different than this situation. Just throwing that out there. Well, okay, and then uh, the, the, the next step, the guy who thinks that he should have a safety net can just do it. He can rally other people, churches and organizations and philanthropic organizations to say there's a homeless, a whole bunch of homeless people down in the in the park. And they do it all the time. They don't. It's not all government run today. It's it's tremendous uh, uh, private and personal initiative of people. And I, again, go again on to churches and philanthropic organizations. Many of them volunteer. They go down there and and help people who haven't asked for it necessarily, who have had uh, lots of bad luck in their life, no connections, no family, no savings, no skills, no job, no nothing, and they help them. It's, it's uh, available in abundance for those who want to do so. Now, the alternative is saying, okay, if this guy is struggling out on the street, is it okay for you to use initiate violence, we'll put it in its, in its uh, blunt terms, to initiate violence against another person to force them to, take, uh, uh, to, to give something to this guy. Is it going to make him any better? Will it help him buy drugs? Will it help him buy alcohol? Will it help him in any way with his health or with his condition? Or will it just postpone it for one more day? And, and to do that, you're going to use the gun against another person who has the perfect right to say, no, I don't think... I mean, and families are faced with this sort of thing actually all the time. Say a drunken alcoholic person, they get abused by an alcoholic member of their family, and they continue to help and help and help, and then finally they realize they're not helping by doing this. Tough love means let them alone, and they have to learn on their own. There are points in time when people have to take personal responsibility for their action, or else they're committing suicide by those slow and measured degrees. And I think that people have a right to commit suicide. I don't think the, the government has a right to execute you for trying to, to kill yourself. For example, euthanasia. If you're sick or ill and uh, you're suffering, the government doesn't prevent you from dying. It says, well, we're just going to um, prevent you from shortening the pain and suffering. Uh, so I think that there are a lot of circumstances where you can say that it is perfectly 
uh, acceptable for one person to say, I'm not willing to help that person against, and, and in order to get me to do so against my will, then you're, then you're the aggressor. And uh, I don't know, I think there's a, a, a lot that can go to this whole story other than just saying, oh, he just doesn't care and therefore people will die if we don't have the state. Consider how many people die because of this rationale for a grand state that's going to cripple the productive sector of the economy. It's making it less likely to produce jobs, services, goods, and, and, and wealth for the society. Um, you know, the bigger the welfare state, the less productive uh, capacity there is of a country to even provide opportunities for people. So it's not it's not an easy trade-off here. It's um, you know you know either we help him or he dies. No, uh, the way you choose to help somebody matters a lot, and whether that person uh, uh, lost opportunities of wealth and prosperity in society. You know, a lot of people say, well, they couldn't get a job. Well. <laughs> A lot of times that's because of the actions of the state, presumably with good intentions. You know, the government says, well, we, we want to help out the uh, Matson shipping company by eliminating competition. So therefore, we're going to raise the prices of everything for everybody in the state here because we're trying to help them. Or we're helping the farmers by paying them, forcing taxpayers to pay them to destroy their crops or to take them off the market. Um, all these things are done with the best of intentions, but through force, it always results in a negative and uh, uh, a negative consequence. All right. Um, I want to read the next paragraph, and then I want to make a point uh, on what you just said, Ken. Okay. Uh, Jacob Hornberger, this is from my buddy's uh, social media post. Jacob Hornberger, as a candidate, will reinforce every negative stereotype of libertarians and set not just the party but the movement as a whole back decades. Um, the <laughs> okay. Just right there, taking it back decades to, um, to when was it better? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But I, I, I want I, I want to get my point out, and then we can go back to that if you want. Um, the ex After I read the initial quote, I gave you ample time uh, to, to, to get your point across. Um, and I guess I did that with purpose, because I want to make the point that I don't think with in, in modern political discourse on any debate stage, uh, Jacob Hornberger would be given as much time as you took to get that extended explanation out uh, when the original quote was, that is the perfectly ideal outcome of liberty, right? It, 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 it took a long explanation. Uh, it took a few different tangents out there, right? Like you, you didn't, you circled back and then you circled back around to get back to the, to, to the, the main point at hand. Um, and I, and I, and I let that happen to, to make that point that in modern political discourse, what comes out of your mouth first may be the only thing that you're allowed to say on the debate stage before you get cut off, interrupted or moved past. Right. So, uh, but again, to, to my buddy's point, then his second, his the second paragraph of what he said. No, uh, no, no, that no. He let won. me let me cut okay. in the second and and say, you think that what I said wouldn't be different if I wasn't on a on a debate stage, knowing that the media and the whole country was listening to me. I said to you what I did in this context because I know that what the context is. I'm talking to okay. a, a fellow traveler. 
and we're talking on a, on a program within an hour. You don't think that I would have changed my approach to that answer if the situation was different? Of course it would have. You may, but Jacob Hornberger did not, right? He got the quote out, that's a perfectly ideal outcome of liberty, on whatever platform he had, and that's the part that stuck. That's my point, right? If it, if it takes an extended explanation to make the same point, you're not going to get it on, but in, that in political discourse. You don't know that he didn't say more in that context. I mean, as I, far, as I understand what you said, uh, that was a quote that may, may not have been the entire quote. You're right, but it's the one that stuck. That's my point. Oh, well, my gosh. You, you, okay. I mean, you can't. Every person running is going to face that kind of dilemma. Uh, you can't say that that's the, the, the failure of this candidate and it wouldn't have been of the next candidate. Every one of the others up there, consider how many years these guys are up on the platform getting practice at trying to be the best at expressing their point of view. And there is not a single uh, other candidate out there that hasn't faced that situation who wouldn't also be caught in the same way that... I mean, look at, at Biden, what he just said yesterday. He got caught with a thing that's going to be the quote all around the media and so on like that. Right, and it but paints that, him in a negative light. Sure it does, but he, he's got a mountain of other things that people will fall back on and say, well, yeah, okay, he was taken out of context, or they'll rationalize or excuse it, just like they do with Trump, and they do with all of them. You know, you give the same break to Jacob. You know, they, who is it? Will they? Who is a candidate? Will the, the, will the mainstream media give the same break to the libertarian candidate? Oh, no, probably not. But <laughs> to name another libertarian candidate who could have done that without a, uh, the same situation being thrust on them. There is no other one who's better and more articulate than Jacob. Okay. That may be fair, right? Again, I don't, I don't watch the debates. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't have a personal stake in it. Uh, if you wanted me to pick my favorite, uh, there, I'm a there's big, uh, the vermin supreme. That he would be my favorite. Off the, and he big wears this big boot on top of his head. Right. Do you think that they even care what he says when he's wearing a boot on top of his head? An uh, upside down boot. Uh, I don't think they're even going to pay attention to it. They're not going to give any credibility to it. Generally, no. But over the course of a political career, look how far that boot has brought him, right? The, in, the the, <laughs> in the Libertarian Party. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Either, either way. But he runs for president like every, you know, every election cycle. I think last year he ran as a Republican, but whatever. The reason I like Vermin Supreme is because he is obvious satire, right? Well, that's He's why not, people voted for Trump. He well, in, if that's yeah. the case, then Vermin should be the guy because if you vote is the vo if the vote is for obvious satire, he's got the best chance to be Trump, <laughs> right? If there's anyone, if there's anyone that's going to take on the establishment, right, it should be the obvious satire making fun of everybody throughout the entire process. Okay, so what you're saying is that Bumper should have. Uh, said what he said with a smile on his face and obvious satire instead of trying to be serious. No, I don't know what he should have said. What I don't I don't know what he should have said. Again, this is this is secondhand information um, from a guy that I have many conversations with, some of them political, some of them not, 
right? Because again, he's he's affiliated with the party. Uh, he's probably the most prolific social media person, you know, that that posts party party politics on social media, um, and in private conversations with him, he's pretty good at defending his stance. So I go, oh yeah, you know, I don't argue with him because he always makes very good points. Even when I brought up the whole vermin supreme, he goes too much of a socialist, right? Vermin supreme does really good about this, you know, projecting this public image. Uh, but when you ask him, when you get to the, like the nuts and bolts of, of policy, uh, he's more uh, anarcho-socialist than anything else. Like he, he, he falls along those lines and you go, wow. Well, I went, wow. I've never really gotten that uh, from any of his social media posts through the entire time I've known about Vermin Supreme, which goes well beyond this election cycle. Right. He goes, well, you, he's got, you know about the free ponies though. So, Right. Well, that's what I'm saying, but uh, <laughs> but that that's because that's part of his his you know his satirical platform, right? Ponies and toothbrushing. Uh, but but the the point that my buddy was making with relation to vermin is that he is very apparently right. I don't know secondhand information. Take it take it for what you will. He is very well coached and has a great team around him to make sure that it stays on message. Um, and doesn't devolve into uh, the the bad stuff that Vermin really thinks, right? You want you want to you want to get them rallied around the satire, free ponies, mandatory toothbrushing, got the boot on the head. Uh, but when when it when it comes down to real policies, maybe not so much, right? We we don't want we don't want Vermin to be talking about real issues because that's where that's where he will get lost uh, in the discussion. Right, because he he's not running a real campaign, so we don't really need to hear what he really thinks about certain things, because that's not the point of the of, of Vermin Supreme twenty twenty. But anyway, I just want I wanted to make a point yeah. first that I really like Ken's explanation about the individual who who would end up uh, dying on the side of the road, and uh, but it and it also rhymes with what Jordan Peterson says, you know, get your life together. And then, you know, then you'll have people around you yeah. that care about you. You know, you would have been doing things for other people, uh, taking responsibility that's bigger than yourself for your whole life. And so by the time you get to that point, you won't, you won't be dying on the side of the road alone. Right. And I think from a, from a political perspective, right, when, when the question is asked about, uh, you know, safety nets and elderly and disabled and yada, 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 right, one of the things that the the current politicians are great at doing, right? Whether I like their politics, their policies, or them personally or not, one of the things that they are effective at doing, uh, Donald Trump included, right, is answering the question that wasn't asked. Does that make sense? I get your your point. Right. Okay, it doesn't matter. Example. It doesn't matter what question they're asked. Right, they they give it a cursory uh, a a cursory remark, and then they move on message, right? So if you know, so for for example, I don't have a quote uh, in front of me for for Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton or any of that, but if we just stick with this original example, right? Uh, would it be would it be simply would would they simply be left to die, right? The first thing out of your mouth should uh, and no, at no time should be that's a perfectly ideal outcome of liberty. It should be acknowledging the question. And then going into as brief of an explanation as you did, Ken, uh, about working within other systems, right? 
like, you know, would they be left to die? No, they would not be left to die because charities are in all over the place. And, you know, the Americans are great and charitable contributions. So, no, they would not be left to die. Someone, some great American, maybe yourself, right? Something like that would step forward to take care of them, even though we all know that the principle behind the message is, yeah, it's a perfectly ideal outcome of liberty, right? No, no argument there. I just, uh, you know, in, in the context of this conversation, I, I see where my buddy's coming from, where he goes like, maybe that's not the face you put forward to the general public. Well, maybe the public is ready for um, some harder messages, uh, you know, that there is the necessity in life, not only for liberty, but personal responsibility. And okay. not just constantly... Because it is a totally socialist, Marxist idea, from each according to ability to each according to need. You have a system that does that by force, and you will find up a tremendous number of people in need, and a lot of people who give up on ability because they say, well, why should I, why should I be responsible on a person of, of ability when the guy who's just needy uh, gets it all? You know, can and, and doesn't have to do anything for it. I mean, you set up the disincentives in society, and maybe people are ready to kind of. Um, well, I don't know. Right, right now with this coronavirus thing, we have a very different uh, circumstance coming up. I don't know how. Yeah, people aren't ready. Like people aren't ready. They're they're you know the the general consensus that I get, uh, mostly from the left. Like, I, I don't want to make this, you know, it's, it's okay. So this is the comment that I put on, on social media as well. It's an unfortunate situation that we live in right now where freedom and liberty have become a partisan issue, right? Like if, if, if you're asking for freedom and liberty amidst the Corona crackdown, uh, you're obviously a Trump supporting right wing nut, right? If you're willing no, to sacrifice, anything, you don't see, see that thing, freedom and liberty about Trump. Not at all. I mean, but but I, I know that that's what his supporters say that he's representing, but he hasn't been, and that's the hypocrisy of his supporters. The fact that he put up enormous additional debt with additional spending, enormous trade barriers, enormous uh, immigration barriers, he's the antithesis of freedom, freedom and liberty, and his, and his supporters are, are cheering for that because he's a tough guy. He's I got understand this image, and he's brash. I understand that, but when when it's mostly the left cheering the Corona crackdown, right? Like I don't, it, it's it's not the it's not the Second Amendment people going like, yes, please lock us down some more, right? The 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 states that have locked down the hardest, Hawaii included, right, are typically left leaning Democrat states, right? I've I've been in uh, yeah yeah I've been in a conversation, um, you know, over over the last couple of days with a handful of people. Uh, who, you know, according to the profiles from, you know, the, the Socialist Republic of California and Hawaii and New York, right, saying that the lockdown is necessary and one even made the case, and I'll be honest, it's a, it, I bought it, right? Like I, I didn't admit that I bought it, you know, on social media, but I'll admit it here. They made the case um, that the, the, the lockdown, the crackdown, the quarantine uh, is constitutional. And they had sources, and the sources checked out. So well, okay, the Constitution is one thing, but I don't think it's a, a. 
I don't think it's necessarily a rights-based uh, uh, document. For example, everything that they want to do, uh, they do by the Interstate Commerce Clause, and it, I would say that it's still immoral, and yet it's yeah. constitutional. So mm, let's go beyond to just saying it's uh, constitutional. Is it, is it a moral justification? And I think MC has often said correctly that um, a case can be made for quarantining a person who's sick, right. but not a case for quarantining the whole of society on the basis that somebody is sick or Understood. might be sick. And, and, and I, I, you look, at, look back at the great pandemics. The, the ni 1917... Uh, and uh, 1918 and 1919, it was due, the, the great calamity of that epidemic was because the country was going into a stupid, stupid war. And that caused them to do censorship so that nobody could talk about the, the disease. In fact, that's why it came to be known as the Spanish flu, because only Spain wasn't in war and had uh, freedom of press to be able to talk about it. So the, the population thought, oh, well, it came from there. And it was pervasive. If people had been allowed to talk about it in the country, they could have taken action on their own to protect themselves. They wouldn't right. have been sending soldiers with the disease all over the planet to, to infect everybody else. They wouldn't have had to pay money for that. They could have paid money for their own uh, medical treatment. Uh, you know, so I call the, the pandemic was the, uh, uh, aggravated by the war. You look back at... Uh, uh, 1968, we had a pandemic of the Hong Kong flu, killed as many people, probably more than people have been killed by the coronavirus uh, so far, and uh, no one noticed. It didn't shut down the economy. I mean, it was noticed, but it didn't shut down the economy, um, and uh, and uh, people were able to cope with it uh, as best they could. Right. I think a, a case might be made for quarantine for a sick person because they can infect somebody else and I consider that a kind of an, uh, of an aggression whether they know about it or not is a is a tough issue whether or not they know they're infected and with a contagious disease but that's true of diseases all the time I mean it's everywhere it's just this right. one is more um, um, uh, uh, what do you say uh, contagious contagious than, than others well and okay so again, this is this is why to me it appears to be a partisan thing, is because when you're talking, when I am talking to people on the left, right, they consider it to be morally justified, uh, on the grounds that no, you do not have the right to infect anybody else, just like you're saying, Ken, uh, and because no one can know at any given time whether or not you're contagious, carrying the disease or not, everyone therefore is presumed to be a carrier and contagious and therefore everyone is quarantined and right so they, they they lean on that for the moral justification and then you go well what about the legal justification and i go well it's constitutional so they got that in their back pocket too anyway i i like ken's response to, oh, okay it's a it's a difficult issue uh but to, to me that still doesn't mean you should take people's uh, freedom away um well, yeah, but they are, but they are, and they're morally just they're morally justifying it, and they're legally justifying it. Right? Well, look at the moral justification that was used for preventing uh, the drug companies from uh, and uh, from coming out with remedies very early. They want they were 
there were people in early January that were doing testing in Washington State. They were doing coming up with um, uh, various uh, ways of preventing it. Even uh, and the, the the CDC said, "No, you can't. You can't do that." In other words, the private players, actors, by the multitude, spontaneously in the market, have incentives to do the preparatory and and uh, preventive work. But the CDC stood in the way, prevented it. Okay. I, again, I hear you. They don't. They don't care. They want everything to be locked down. They want their stimulus check. They want their bonus unemployment check. And they think everything's going to be okay. And again, the reason why I say it appears to be partisan is because the what what I see in the media, as biased as that might be, is the only people asking for, begging for, demanding uh, to be set free again, right, appear to be uh, conservatives, right? The, 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 the Second Amendment folks, conservatives, conservative states saying, yeah. set us free, it's, we want our liberties. Right. About 70% of the Democrats want to stay locked down and only 30% of the Republicans do. So how is it that freedom and liberty then has become a partisan issue? Well, because of Trump. Okay, okay. Well, and and also it's just the 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 left right divide. Um so like when when Trump says, "Oh, hydroxychloroquine looks promising." Immediately the left says, "Oh, it must be it must be banned kill. in Michigan." <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Why? It's it's totally it's totally insane. But it's it's um, health. It's supposed to be beyond politics, no, and yet it's not. It's not. <laughs> nothing <laughs> is beyond politics. No, nothing. Yeah, is. yeah, you're right. And, and, and especially when when Trump says something, and and so if if some Republican states are saying, okay, we should end the lockdown, then the Democrat states obviously have to say take the opposite. No, we have to stay locked down. Yeah, which is why cases are down, right? Like someone someone almost you know I, I put out my the Richie Rich ten thousand dollars challenge. Um, and he, he crunched some numbers and narrowed it down to $19 and 82 cents. Um, uh, he presumes that I'm in Hawaii. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to be able to pull up the numbers real quick, but he did, he did some figuring based on the population of Hawaii or, you know, of Hawaii being close to a million, like 900 some odd thousand and only 20 cases remaining, right? That the, the chances of me coming into contact with one of those people is infinitesimally small, um, and grows a little bit throughout the year as, you know, cases pop up here and there. Uh, and and so, again, my, my point back was, wow, if it's that small of a chance, why are you guys still on lockdown, right? If you guys are down <laughs> to like zero cases and only 20 outstanding, why is it extended through June? Makes no sense to me. But yet... Uh, you know, the, the response, again, from the left, the moral justification, we cannot put the health of our elderly, our kupuna, at risk. We must take care and damn the outsiders for wanting to come here and bring their white man disease back to the islands. Right. And ironically, uh, that's, that's what happened, uh, you know, long ago when the Hawaiians were isolated from any viruses for an extended amount <laughs> of time. Uh, and then somebody came here with the virus and, and wiped out a lot of the population. Yeah, because you guys don't build up immunity to it by yeah. isolating yourselves. <laughs> exactly. That's why I love it that Sweden, the the mecca of the left and the socialists, uh, didn't do the lockdown. 
And they say, oh, well, the numbers of, of deaths are great, but the population, I mean, they're comparing the, the numbers of deaths in, in Sweden to uh, a country like the United States. It doesn't make any sense to compare the numbers because well, they were also talking just percentage of the population. They were also they, comparing it to Denmark and Finland, to be fair. Yeah, but, uh, but countries with far more higher percentage were in Italy and Spain, and they had an absolute lockdown. It didn't right. mean that... It didn't mean that they uh, uh, were way out of bounds because they had not done the lockdown. And their economy is still thriving uh, as much as it's not going to be hurt by the shutdown of the world economy. But uh, nevertheless, uh, I, I love the fact. I mean, how, how did the left respond to that about Sweden? And they certainly felt they had rights to, to continue on working. They harp on the number of deaths. They go, well, look. Compared to Denmark, compared to Sweden, uh, compared to Denmark, compared to Finland, Sweden is way out of whack, right? Look at all those lives lost that could have been saved had they only locked down like their neighboring countries. That's what they say. They ignore, they ignore the economic side. They ignore the, you know, the, the, the economy aspect of it, just like Hawaii, right? Ignoring the fact that it's a tourist-based economy and they no longer want tourists. Good luck. They just harp on the, the medical side, right? We, if, if, only, if it only saved one extra life, totally worth it. And therefore, it would be reasonable to prohibit anyone from driving a car because you have maybe 40,000 deaths a year uh, from driving a cars. Or if you limited the speed limits to five miles an hour, you wouldn't have the 40,000 deaths, probably, although somebody would still drive off a cliff, I suppose. But yeah. Um, yeah, you could, you could, if it, if lives are the only thing that matter, the cost to society. Well, and of course, they're not seeing that, you know, with with uh, 30, 40 percent unemployment rate, suicide rates goes up, depression goes up, uh, uh, use of opioids and drugs and and alcohol and other kinds of things that uh, more domestic violence. I, I'd really like to see, and we, we'll see it eventually. Uh, a tally of the number of the increase in deaths of other kinds under these circumstances. Yeah, those numbers are already starting to come out. So, But with regard to the cars, there's already cities that are, you know, and and townships or whatever municipalities that are shutting down car traffic in favor of bikes, right? Cars no longer allowed in the city, uh, either walk or ride your bike because global warming, right? Whatever the excuse is. Nothing, Hmm. safety of the whole planet, you can't drive through here anymore. So that's a that's a scary prospect because they're saying sure we is can, we can we can control all of this for what is the perceived threat to us all, and therefore global warming is a bigger threat than coronavirus. <laughs> sure is. What what more justification do they need? Yeah. Seriously, I mean that's that's this is the thing. That's why I you know I I've posted. Uh, or commented, I, I may have said it on here last week. Over it, right? If you if if you're in if you're in one of those places that wants to you know destroy the economy, put everyone back into poverty and to the stone ages, uh, you know for for the sake of one more life, right? Have at it, right? Like you know <laughs> if if I don't even I, I stopped caring, right? I know you guys are there, but you guys are mobile, right? If it gets that bad high horse and get out of there. I'm leaving family behind. You know, they, they, they can, you know, they can, they can deal with the fallout because they've had their chance. 
um, today, uh, today's my younger sister's birthday, right? So, you know, I sent her a text, happy birthday. She said, thank you. And then I know what's going on. So in jest, right? I went going out to dinner tonight, right? <laughs> of course she's not going out to dinner tonight because you guys are still fucking locked down. Um, but it just, you know, I, I'm not going to dig at her because it's her birthday, but just pointing out the fact that, look, this is, this is, you know, a, could have been a special night, right? For family, friends, boyfriend, whatever, um, ruined for no good fucking reason. Uh, especially since the claim is that the, the, the cases are under control, the virus is under control and, you know, Hawaii's locked down, you know, tip of the hat, uh, taken care of. Right, but no, you know, it still, still goes on. Actually, we have it pretty easy. I mean, the lockdown to me is is fine. I mean, I get to spend more time relaxing with my family and and doing things. But I'm my heart goes out to uh, some uh, friends in Sierra Leone, for example. Uh, I'm trying to help some fundraising for um, for ninety people who are on a list. For of starvation list, the government says you can't go out, you can't get out, go out and get food, you can't work, um, just stay at home and die. And uh, you know, for people in those circumstances, it's not a not a pretty time at all. This is no no uh, vacation. Yeah. And well, uh, and there's the voluntary action, by the way. If the government would step out of the way, it would be a lot easier. That's that's not just Sierra Leone though. I don't again. I don't have the article in oh, front yeah, of me. Oh yeah, it's everywhere. It's across. also in the United yeah. States. Sure. Like sure. There was a, a state or a city or whatever who basically said, um, if you're not willing to get tested uh, and you're not willing to you know wear the mask or whatever, you're not allowed to leave your house. Right. You will have a family member designated to you uh, to go out and buy your groceries and and do a welfare check on you because you are not allowed to the house. And if you're one of those people, like Jacob Hornberger was asked about, who does not have a family member or a relative willing to bring you food and to, to do a welfare check on you for your non-compliance, uh, one will be assigned to you, right? Like the, you, you will have your own social worker assigned to you to deliver food, to do a welfare check, uh, because if you're out of compliance in the United States, you're not allowed to leave your house either. So it's not, it's not, it's again, it's not one of those situations where, well, it's happening over there, right? It's a, it's a Sierra Leone problem. It's an African problem. It's a South American problem. Look at those silly Koreans, right? It's happening here and people are cheering it on, right? And so, so yeah. another, another post that I saw, you know, was, uh, oh man, I, I forget what group it was in at this point, but the, the comment that I made was, um, in the end, there's going to be a lot of collateral damage, right? And and at this point, I don't even care, right? Like I, I am so fed up with the, the anti-freedom, the anti-liberty sentiment that if those people get caught in the crossfire, good riddance, right? So oh, I'll, I'll share another one with you because this one was a couple of weeks ago and it, it kind of was in jest. Uh, but now I don't know. Now I don't know if I, it was in jest at the time. I don't know if I made the same comment today that it would be in jest as well. Um, it was, you know, some sort of comment like no matter, no matter how big of a revolution you fight or whatever, uh, the fact that the, uh, that the status still put the kids in government school means that there is another wave of status socialist thought, uh, coming at you. 
right? And my comment was, so uh, boog the kids then, right? Like, you know, if, if they're coming eventually, you, you might as well take them out now while they're weak. Um, and in time, I was just joking, right? Who would advocate killing kids? Uh, all of a sudden, it's me, right? Because if, if they're the next wave uh, of, of socialist thought that's going to attempt to garner the, the control of the state uh, and use it to take away my freedoms and my liberties, well, then, yeah. If they get caught up in the crossfire, fuck them too, right? Like I don't, I don't, I don't care anymore, right? You, you're either you're either pro freedom, pro liberty, and willing to do something about it, or you know, let the paramedics sort them out, kind of a thing. Hope you're not running for president, Rich. Never, never. Someone might listen to this uh, podcast and take that out of context and uh, I don't think it needs to that. be taken out of context right <laughs> the, the whole context is right there I don't care you can take the quote however you want right if they take it out of context it'd probably make me look good uh, <laughs> but but again at this point like I, I it, it, the frame of mind that I'm in right now even though right I've spent zero days in lockdown right I've been, I've been uh, remarkably unaffected by the lockdown, COVID, you know, crackdown, house arrest thing, um, the sentiment that I that I get from the general public uh, has pushed me to the point where they are a lost cause for the most part, right? Like you know, uh, I don't, I don't. Uh, how do I want to phrase this? Oh, um, the, currently my household is a no gun household, right? Because M doesn't want to be around him, doesn't want him in the household. Eh, so it is what it is, right? So I'm, I'm talking to my other friends. I go, you know what? Her opinion's about to not matter, right? Like I'm about to not care how much she thinks that, you know, it's a bad idea. I may just get one or a few because, you know, what scares me the most with this whole uh, crackdown lockdown is the economic side of things, right? Is Is the food shortage is, you know, the civil unrest that I may have to defend myself against. Uh, and I'd like to be prepared for that. That's and I, right. I can completely, you know, I'm not scared of many things, right? The virus doesn't bother me. Um, I don't want to say that I'm scared of the civil unrest. Uh, but in, in my mind, it's, it's on the table all of a sudden, right? I can see it happening, whereas a few weeks ago, I could not. Right. It was, it was, yeah, look at those guys. They dress dumb. Uh, they, they're trying to be badasses, but the minute a cop pulls a gun on them, they put their hands up and walk away. Right. They're like, oh, yeah, take, take us to jail. We were only role playing. Right. At some point, that stops. At some point, you know, the, the actual, you know, the, the quote unquote boogaloo begins. Um, and it'd be important to be prepared for that if it should happen. And the further we get into this Corona crackdown nonsense, the worse the economy takes a hit. You know, the the more poor people, uh, you know, don't have food to eat, the more I get concerned. That, yeah, you could, you could, you might be, you might see rioting in the streets. It's on the table. I don't know where it is. I don't know how it is where you are. Um, it doesn't seem that bad here, uh, but it's definitely, well, I can definitely we're see in it. early stages of it, and you're right. I think uh, I read that um, in the newspaper that uh, Waipahu has the highest uh, unemployment rate of any district. Uh, 
it's an area of relatively low income. Um, they're thrown out of work a lot from the you know shutdown of the Waikiki um, uh, tourist business, and uh, and you can bet that there's a lot of steam building up in in that uh, community. It hasn't broken out yet, uh, but there are a thousand cars lined up to get free food when they when they hand out uh, food during these food drives and so on. Um, that can't last. No, the this is it. This is the calm before the storm, and uh, I think which is right why now's the time to be prepared. Exactly, just like you would be prepared before a hurricane. A lot of people say, uh, you know, don't don't worry about it. The government's got things under control. Well, I I like to prepare for a hurricane. Like like know. hell they do. Yeah, and I and I'm. So what? It cost me a little extra to to be prepared, but better safe than sorry. Uh, here's how here's how bad it's gotten for me, right? Like as I'm considering, this might be funny to you, uh, but as I'm running these scenarios through my head, right? I go like. Where am I going to get the money to afford that much fucking firearms, right? Because they're not cheap, right? You know, you can get them cheap. You know, I have friends that you know cut me a deal or whatever. But I I went to you know the 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 normal uh, firearm sites like the the local firearm shop has a has a website. So I went there and I looked at you know the regular stuff. I went on Bass Pro Shop and I looked at the regular stuff. You know, Cabela's whatever. And I went, God damn. This is a lot more expensive than I anticipated, right? And so my brain goes like, you know what? What if, what if I just committed the the rest of my video game budget for the year <laughs> to fire? Like I, I have enough games. I have enough games to last me to the end of this year. Like I don't need any more stuff. Um, it's it's my current hobby. It's what I like to spend my. It's the stuff in my life that brings me joy, right? And so that's what I spend my money on. Um, but I, the, but you know, then the thought crossed my mind. You know what? Uh, this stuff will be here next year and the year after that as well. Um, maybe, maybe now is the time to like to to divert some of that funds into safety, right? Seems reasonable. Um, and so, you know, I'm I'm uh, uh, talking with a, one of the other co-hosts of Free Talk Live off the air about this, and she goes, well. Like what's you know how much how much do you have to spend like what's your your annual video game budget is is like three grand I go oh yeah three easy three grand like I <laughs> easy she goes well for three grand you can get a lot of firearms I go oh really because where I looked they were goddamn expensive and she goes no 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 here's what you need and I talked to another dude you know uh, uh you know out there as well I'm not gonna name names but he was you know he basically he he you know, the, the advice that I got oddly enough was like get an AR-15 right that was it. You get a pistol for daily carry. Uh, you know, Mark from Free Talk Live, he said, like, you, you have your pistol to fight your way to your rifle, and then you have your rifle. I go, really? Because where are these people hiding their rifles? I see people with pistols on their hip all day long. I don't think they're going to be fucking fighting anywhere to get anywhere. He's like, you're right, probably not. But, you know, generally speaking, you have your pistol to fight your way to your rifle. And then they go, like, well, so the rifle, and the answer is AR-15. I go, really? Now, let's, you know, this... This is just me and you talking now, man. Is the AR-15 really that good, or is it just the big scary gun that everyone likes to talk about? Um, and go, no, it's really that good. And then, you know, after the after the show, another guy said, like, why don't you come outside 
you can you know you, you can handle mine for a quick minute because he had just come from uh, Gun Church, uh, which is which is the thing here, by the way. Gun uh, Church. Yeah, the, one of that? the one of the free staters owns some property. They have a shooting range, so they go out there every every Sunday or every other Sunday, <laughs> and they do firearms training. I go, sweet. Maybe one day I'll be there. Let me get a firearm for. So he had he had all his rifles, you know, in the in the back of his car, and he goes like, "Here, try this one. This is the AR-15, right? Fully customizable, by the way. That was that was the big selling point. Uh, fully customizable. So it, this one may not be suited to you, but there is one that will be, right? Here's here's an AR-10. Here's an AK-47. You know, so I I've handled them now, right? Like I'm like, oh yeah, all right, this, you know, we can do this. Um, Personally, one of the things that I have to go talk with them, you know, uh, probably tomorrow, is the unfortunate thing about me when it comes to firearms uh, is that number one, I'm left-handed, and number two, uh, I'm cross-eyed dominant, which is very unfortunate. Um, and if you don't know what that means, it means like like my trigger hand is my left hand, uh, my dominant eye is my right eye, so I can't aim straight naturally. My gosh, that's right. interesting. <laughs> right so so here i am right like I, i'm at work doing my work and i go like what the hell am i supposed to do like how google right how do you correct cross eye dominance top three ways and the number one was fire with your other hand I go, well that doesn't really help right so now I, now i'm going to be an uncomfortable right-handed shooter uh the other the other you know st- uh, alternative number two is train your other eye. I go, that, that doesn't help because then I'm going to be like fucking looking weird, you know, trying to get my, my left eye to focus on things. Uh, and the third one was get a get a laser scope, right? Get a, get the red dot. I go, oh, yeah, I could do that, you know? So a little bit more expensive at some point down the line, but the, apparently the, that's the only way to like really accommodate uh, for cross-eyed dominance on on the easy is the, the, the red dot because you just, you, wherever the red dot's pointing, that's where you hit. So, if you if you ever if you ever if you have similar problems as I do, there's your answer: red dots. But yeah, so like my my overall point is like that stuff is now on the table, right? It was fun to think about when I moved to New Hampshire. My buddy from Virginia called me. I was like, "Did you get a gun yet?" I'm like, no, I didn't, because you know I lived in Hawaii, man. There's there's no real gun culture there. You know, my uh, I've had family members. I fired rifles, you know, for school and whatever. Uh, but no, it's it never crossed my mind there. I'm glad I'm here for the same reason that you brought up in Waipahu there, right? It has to come here, it, you know, depend, depending. It, I, I say it has to come here. It doesn't really have to, depending on how they handle things. But it's not like I live in an area where there's no poor people, right? Where there's no food banks, where there's no, where there's, you know, no, no, no food shortage. Uh, because I've been to the grocery store. The, the the food shortage is here, right? The rising prices are here. Um, one of the other comments I got was like, well, I hope the prices go up because that way at least I know I can get some food. And I go, yeah, that's one way to do it, right? But then, you know, where does that money come from? Is it going to come from the firearms budget? Because I moved, I divested and di- diverged all my video game money into the firearm budget and I got to move some of that to meat, you know? Who knows? It's, a, it's, it's very bizarre times caused by... Uh, actions of the state, right? The virus, the virus did none of this. This is all overreaction to the virus by individual members who think they have control over your life. 
it's a very fearful society, and it's ironic because when I I do a lot of history reading, and I'm fascinated um, at you know a couple hundred years ago, people were were much more willing to take risks, bold risks, even though they had much less opportunity to you know to um, I mean there were much less worse health care, much worse. Uh, uh, less in savings, uh, and yet they were taking a lot of risks. I think that probably, in general, society has become so risk averse that they've uh, they they really want the government to remove all risk. Well, yeah, that, that's that's part of it, right? That's that's the society we live in. And you said the word fearful, and I I took a little bit of offense to that because like, are you talking about me? Am I? You think no, no, my no, actions no, no. are coming from a place of fear? Because no, no, no. I would totally uh, understand that. I'm not. I take no offense if that's the case. Something to reflect. No, no, no. On. I'm, I'm, I'm the same way. I, but you, you and I, I think, are. Um, well, I'm, I'm fearful too, in a sense that I prepare for the hurricane and I prepare for the civil disobedience and that sort of thing. Yeah. But we're preparing for um, the actions and reactions to government. Uh, I think other people are just fearful about just life in general. Yeah. You know, that, uh, uh, you know, the disease is going to get them. The environment's going to get them. Uh, you know, the, uh, you know, somebody else's drugs are going to get them. You know, it's, they, they're panicked about everything in society. I, it, it's true. I guess you and I have similar, same fears about, uh, about the, the government being, and why is that? Probably because you and I are, are and and Math MC two are are concerned about. Um, we've we've got enough historical background to see how in the twentieth century governments have been horrendous. We've had enormous uh, bloodshed and carnage due to actions of government in wars and and democide and and the slaughters of their own people. And and so I think that's something we. Just have built up a, a preparation, yeah. a desire to be prepared against. Well, and to be fair, that's new to me, right? Like I, I did zero of this before, right? I'm not a prepper, don't have a backlog of a year's worth of food, right? Don't, you know, I, I, I live generally carefree. I'm like, I don't really care. Like whatever, whatever happens, happens. You know, let's, let's go out and let's have some fun, right? Kind of a thing. Um, so, so. So to have that feeling hit me and then to reflect on it and then go, you know what, if this is possible, I better start getting prepared as much as I can now, uh, even though I'm further behind, uh, you know, the, the preppers, right. And, and that group of people who are way ahead of the curve, uh, I think getting prepared now, I'm still far enough ahead of the vast majority of people who are going to be, you know, left wondering what the hell hit them, um, that I'm, I'm, I'm confident in my survival should things get to that dire situation. Like, I don't, I don't think I'm going anywhere anytime soon, um, based on the environmental factors. Right. And, and because, because I have a lot of friends who are well more prepared than I am. Um, I, I have a lot of people I can lean on, uh, for support and training, right? Like, Hey, what gun should I get? You should get this. You want to go shooting? Yeah, let's go fucking shooting. You know? Who are we aiming at? Uh, those guys over there. All right, good. Let's do it. You know, kind of a thing. Uh, the, I, I mentioned Gun Church. They, they they said that they were doing like uh, tactical maneuvers a few weeks ago. And like, I'm not ready for tactical maneuvers, man. 
He goes, well, neither would no, nobody was. They were doing the maneuvers without the firearms. Like they were just practicing to get out. I go, oh, okay, good. But I'm like, you, I'm, I'm ground zero, right? I haven't fired a firearm at all since high school. No, why did you fire a firearm in high school? To get into St. Louis, man, yet there was rifle training. Um, my stepdad had some nine millimeters as well. You know, we'd go to the range um, or went to the range like a couple of times. Even you know, I, 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 t- uh, I had a buddy, a coworker when I was still in Hawaii and he's like, I just want to go fire some guns. I'm like, you know, my stepdad might be able to just take us to the range. I know he's got some, you know, that way you don't have to like pay the fee or whatever. And I talked to my stepdad. I'm like, Hey, do you want to take us to the range? And his answer was too much of a hassle, man. <laughs> I go, really? I go, yeah, the, the rules to get the gun there. And once you're there is like, no, I don't want to do it. I'm like, all right, well, that sucks. All right. So that's out the window, right? But here, it's like gun charge next weekend. Sure, be there. You know, <laughs> we'll, we'll teach you whatever you need to know. Apparently, there's a guy there that does a lot of the training. Um, so at least here, what my point is that here, I'm at least comfortable with the people that I've surrounded myself with um, that I do feel safer and I do feel that I can get a crash course and trained, uh, maybe, not, maybe not to an expert level, but well enough to survive this wave of whatever might come. I saw a movie once, a British movie called No Blade of Grass. Uh, it was, it was, and you know, in uh, the scenario was a, a food shortage and the massive riots uh, for food and, and the whole of, uh, of civil society broke down. And the interesting point that they were making in there was that, well, when the whole of society breaks down, the society that's probably the most organized and capable of of um, surviving is the the motorcycle gang, <laughs> and uh, so they just uh, the motorcycle gangs rang, roamed freely over all of society because nobody else uh, could depend on on the normal structure of um, of um, yeah you know uh, civil order. Well, at any rate, interesting phenomena. But at any rate, I'm I'm thinking your 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 gun church is a good group to be to know and be familiar with and be friends with. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, the motorcycle the, the motorcycle gun makes sense too, right? Because you know they're they're armed, they can fight, they're well prepared, probably can mm-hmm. hunt, right? So they're yeah. they're not going to long for food or defense, which is the two biggest things you know in that situation, hoping that we don't get to it. But like I said, in, in my mind, all of a sudden, it's on the table. Mm-hmm. Any more thoughts, Ken? No, I'm good. All right, MC, final thoughts? No, thank you. All right, like that'll I do say, it for us I then. Really, I really like this. This is fun. All right, well, you, you're welcome back anytime. You know that. Even <laughs> when school's back in session. Uh, thank you very much for listening, everybody. You guys know where to find us. Anarchistexperience.com. Uh, on Telegram, Telegram. Uh, t.me slash anarchist experience or t.me slash the anarchist experience and if you'd like to contribute to the show financially uh, you may do so through patreon patreon.com slash the anarchist experience thank you very much for listening i'll talk to you all next week peace aloha